Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer, joined as always by my beautiful wife, Nikki. Hello. And we're so grateful that you're here. If you're new, don't let the name fool you. Um, this show is not religionless, and we are not religionless. It's very Christian, but it's more the world and specifically this nation that's very religionless, very secular place. Uh, so that at least in part is where the name comes from. But you know, how can we live a life that's pleasing to God in a secular or religionless world? That's kind of the goal of this show. And that's what we're going to be trying to do today, like we do every Saturday, by looking at news from around the world and around the country, um, stuff pertaining to Christian living and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but this week, rather than actually look at the news of the week, we're going to be looking back at the news of the past year. Um, we're going to try and cover the whole year. January to, uh, to December. We're going to try to go fast, but we are going to go month by month. And we're going to be discussing the stories that we actually covered on the show, uh, the stories that we thought were important enough to, I guess, recover here in this final episode. Not going to talk about every uh, article and every <laughs> video that we discussed for the whole year. That would take, yeah, that'd take a long time. time. So just the ones that, we, that stood out to us um, looking back on the year. So it uh, should be a good, entertaining show. That's what we're going for here. That's what we're hoping for. And like I said, we do have a lot of stories to discuss, so we're going to try to get that rolling. But first, do you have any prayer requests or any praise reports, anything of that sort? Yeah, I just praise God that we had a safe drive to Clovis to go see Spencer's mom and hung out with her for Christmas, stayed there a couple days, but the weather was good. It wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to storm the whole time, and it was pretty good. We had to go over the mountains. Not that they were like a big mountain pass. Those mountains have snow a lot. <laughs> no, it was not I bad. was worried that the roads would be icy, but yeah, no problem. So yeah, praise God for that. And, and she made Christmas really fun for the kids. Um, Christmas is her specialty. So she did games and stuff for the kids and had some cool prizes for them. And I know that the boys are a little older, but they still were like really into it. Like she knows how to make games fun for all ages. And so I just praise God for her for just making good memories for the kids. Yeah. It's easy to make it fun when you just give out money left <laughs> and right, but either way they had a good time. So that's good. Um, prayer request. Our boys are starting driver's training. They've started that sort of academic piece of it, if you will. And next will come the driving piece. So pray for us um, that the kids would learn what they need to learn, but that we would keep them safe and um, update your insurance if you're out there on the roads in New Mexico, just to keep yourself safe. I know one of our boys is like, oh, driving is just, it's easy. And our other son is, is not so, I don't know. Well, that What's son, word? everything's easy. He's and he not be like a superstar that. and everything. Um, so. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, please don't go into it thinking that. Just think of it as it's a serious thing. And it is dangerous. It's Albuquerque. Yes. It's not easy for me still. <laughs> so please pray for us. Um, but all right. Uh, so how we're going to do this is really just as quickly as we can um, kind of like I said, going back January, looking at each and every month, the, the biggest stories that we talked about, uh, and not necessarily the biggest 
as far as like clickbait, you know, which ones drew the most headlines, but biggest is in uh, important to us, again, from a Christian worldview, the stories that we talked about that, um, you know, we thought were the most important in a given month. And we don't have the time to re-examine every single story at length. Um, so we're not going to do that here. If any of these stories pique your interest, you know, maybe something that we talk about that you missed, all the articles that we talk about will be linked in the show notes. Um, but also you can go back and find those previous episodes and listen to that discussion there as well. We have all that stuff on the, you know, the show catalog, if you will, you can go find it. Um, if it piques your interest. So are you ready to get this show on the road? Yep. All right. We're going to kick things off with, of course, January. <laughs> okay. Starting off in January, we learned that even post Roe versus Wade, as that was overturned in June of 2022, abortion is still the murder champ, still the leading cause of death worldwide for the fourth year in a row. We learned as well that women pray more than men. And in January, we discussed 10 lies of feminism. Yep. Uh, I think those were really good stories to start the year off, to kick the year off, especially with, as you mentioned, Roe versus Wade being overturned. It would have been very easy uh, to just, you know, think that the work was done, right. you know, a abortion's over, we overturn Roe versus Wade. But I think, you know, kicking the year off, sort of reminding us that, nope, abortion still leads the charge as far as murdering in this nation and around the world. It just reminds us that the fight's really just beginning uh, in this nation. In 2023, definitely played that out as the fights happened all across the country. And, yeah. you know, I think what we learned from that is, Many Christians weren't really up to the task or they weren't really ready for the fight. Whereas, you know, Satan's children, they were all, all for it. They were ready to fight tooth and nail to make sure they had that right to uh, abort their kids. So hopefully 2024 Christians will wake up, um, accept the challenge and actually go and fight for life and like really fight for life. Uh, and then also, you know, women praying more than men. I think that's important. I think that speaks to the desperate state that we find ourselves in, mm -hmm. uh, in American Christianity, because men are designed to be the spiritual heads of their household, spiritual head of, you know, or head, the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church, but the physical, you know, earthly head of the church should be led by men. Hard to lead mm -hmm. a church if you don't actually pray a whole lot. Um, and I think men in many respects have rejected that authority. They're more than happy to just let women sort of take the charge. And I think mm -hmm. in large part, that's the problem with faith in America. Um, and then in regards to the lies of feminism, it was a fascinating yeah. article. Uh, a lot of really good points to bring up in that article. So definitely, if you missed that, go back and read it. I mean, you you read through the list and you see how the points in this um, article kind of connected to a lot of the things that we talk about every week. Yeah, I mean, so many of the problems, again, men losing their faith, but feminism ravaging almost everything it touches, um, definitely go hand in hand. And I think it also goes hand in hand, um, you know, if men would be the leaders that God has designed us to be, then maybe women wouldn't feel the need, 
quite as much to be men and take on that leadership role, but sort of as men have, you know, stepped to the background, women just have naturally stepped to the mm-hmm. forefront. So uh, maybe they go a little bit hand in hand there, but. Oh, yeah. 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 Now men can have babies supposedly and women want to stop themselves from having babies. Yeah, it's almost complete. Feminism has completely flipped the order on its head. You know, we think we said at the time that feminism was women are equal to men. Women can do what men can do. And then it became like women are men. And now we've gone to the point where, well, now men are better women, (laughs) you know, (laughs) winning women's sports championships and having babies and periods and it is a twisted world that we live feminism in feminism has ravaged everything it touches yes you so. can link it back to just usurping authority yeah i can see that so i think good way to start the year off that was february or that was january so let's keep this thing rolling into february all right february was a busy month we had my birthday of course But also, we learned of Pfizer's nefarious dealings with the federal government from a Project Veritas video, and we had the Asbury Revival, or has the the Gospel Coalition dubbed it, the Asbury Awakening. We learned of the rift between Charles and Andy Stanley, and we saw Rick Warren's Saddleback Church get kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, whoo, uh... January was like a good month to kick the year off with. February was a really busy month and it really set off some stories that we spent really the rest of the year discussing and examining. Now, the interesting one is Asbury, you know, that one really sort of died, I guess, if you want to say that kind of come early summertime, it seems like, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was really potent story for a couple months and then it sort of fizzled off. But Rick Warren and Andy Stanley, they kind of dominated Christian headlines almost the entire year and not for any good reason whatsoever. All of them were bad reasons. Um, Yeah. Hopefully we can learn from their mistakes and the way they do things. It would be great to have a 2024 where we didn't discuss Rick Warren or Andy Stanley Unless they were coming to repentance, that would be uh, a wonderful thing. But uh, I think, sadly, the Pfizer story, you know, that should have been a bombshell. That should have, like, shaken things up big time. And really, every sort of news article you see, every study recently that comes out should be a bombshell. Um, But Mm -hmm. like they all seem to do when it comes to Pfizer Moderna, they just go nowhere. You hear something, you read something, you're like, holy smokes, I can't believe that's real. And then it's just crickets and it goes away. So Well, they just bring up something else to distract you. It's like, well, here's the info, but on to the next thing. Forget about that. Yeah, they're like, you see what Donald Trump said? And you're like, oh, what's (laughs) that? You know, over there, you know, it's crazy. So um, those should have been bigger stories than they were. Sadly, they weren't. Um, And it is hard to believe that Asbury happened nearly a year ago. Time flies. It's hard to believe that was almost a year ago. Nobody even talks about Asbury anymore that I hear. So, well, it was something we thought, let's wait and see. Yeah. I mean, we don't hear anything anymore. You know, although we did say, right, if Asbury was real, we'd see false preachers kicked out and we'd see false idols torn down. Maybe we would have heard, I don't know, like what kind of things we'll be looking for, I guess. 
were we hoping? Uh, you know, our story we'll get to in December, but, you know, I kind of made this case a couple weeks ago, right? When uh, the guy went in and knocked over the Baphomet statue. Oh, yeah. And I thought, <laughs> I wonder if he's from Asbury or, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe there's some truth to that whole revival thing going on there. So we'll have to see. But that was February and that takes us into March. All right. In March, we learned some great news that homeschool enrollment rose by 30%. But you know, the devil wouldn't just let us have that victory. So as a yang to the homeschooling yin, we also learned that nearly 20% of Generation Z identifies as LGBTQ. And maybe in response to this new booming market of LGBTQ folks, we saw the Church of England begin the process of blessing same-sex marriage. Yeah, I forgot that headline even in that story reads... The Church of England is considering gender-neutral pronouns for God. <laughs> awesome. How do Not you a great know? year for the Church of England. Um, but all in all, I wow. think, you know, even with the stories about the LGBTQ, even with the story about the Church of England, I think this was a good month, March. Um, you know, we made the claim back then, and we'll make the claim now, and we'll probably continue to make it going forward, that homeschooling is the revolution. That is the revolution this nation needs. I think it's the revolution that, you know, either saves America or rebuilds America, whatever phraseology you want to use. Yeah, homeschooling. But at the same time, families need to be going to churches that aren't having the social justice gospel and lukewarm preaching. Right. <sighs> it's not the only, it's not the only like ingredient to the solution, but I right. think it's a big one. Yeah. and. I don't think it's a quick fix, right? Uh, homeschooling is not a quick fix, but I think getting your kids out of, you know, what they dub Satan's youth camp there in public school and raising them yourselves in the fear and admonition of the Lord, which a good church right. will help you understand how to do. Um, but not to mention, I think part of it being the revolution is hopefully it gets your wife maybe out of full-time employment. You know, you're, you stop chasing that idol of money so ferociously and you spend time on the family unit and, you know, I think that helps get, you know, because a nation that exists just for consumerism and materialism can't survive and it shouldn't survive. I mean, what would be the point of this nation surviving if all we did was support China by buying new MacBooks, right? Like let it die. What is life without um, absolute truth and morals? Like, yeah, what? What is, what is that life that's just meaningless? <laughs> well, and it's proven to be meaningless. That's why, you know, uh, mental health and stuff like that's climbing, suicides climbing, depression, depression meds, all that sort of stuff, drug usage, because life has no meaning anymore. It's just buy a I new trinket if, yeah. so that you can buy a new trinket and it doesn't get you anywhere. It's not Because if you think of yourself as God, you think there is no God. I am the ultimate authority. I decide for myself what is truth. That is really depressing. Like, we can't handle that. Um, I guess it's a burden we place on ourselves, putting ourselves in a higher position that, than we're meant to be in. Yeah, we don't understand the gravity of what we're doing. Um, that's the Genesis 3.13, right? After they eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God says, what is this you have done? You can't possibly fathom fathom what it is you have unleashed on yourself. So, mm -hmm. um, 
but I think homeschooling is a revolution we need. We'll beat that drum as long as we have to. I think that, you know, helps the nation get back on track for all the right reasons. Yeah, and you're then, not going to change the, I guess, the stuff that's brought into the schools. Um, no. You can't, like, get, vote that away because it's teachers just bring in their own their own beliefs, their own ideologies, and they push it on the kids, even if it's not part of the curriculum. Right, like, because, you know, baby steps never really solve anything. You need radical solutions, right? We weren't going to get freedom in this nation by continuing to send delegations to England to beg the king to, you know, lower taxes. No, you go to war, right? You're like, we're breaking free, right? A radical um, solution, and that's what we need here. So, Homeschooling, we're big fans of it. Um, as far as the Church of England's concerned, though, you know, it's a church really that was birthed in sin. So it makes sense that it would continue in sin still to this day. Um, and then with regard to the LGBTQ numbers being on the rise, um, not a great stat. But again, homeschooling fixes that, in my opinion, getting your kids out of school. And like Nikki mentioned, get them in good church, but also get them off of social media. Mm -hmm. You do those, that corrects that trend. Yeah, don't um, be going to churches that, you know, teach how to affirm your kids and love them in their gender that they choose. <laughs> no, um, that's the whole raising them in the fear and admonition. Of right. The Lord. This is more like godly parents are going to be leading the way in that. Yeah. So that is our um, look at, what was that? That was March. So let's get into April. All right. Another busy month here with April. We had the wonderful speech at the Oxford Union from Reverend Kelvin Robinson in response to the Church of England. We had the tragic Nashville shooting at Covenant Christian School. And we saw Mike Todd's Transformation Church's bizarre, blasphemous Easter service. And we also saw Tucker Carlson get released from Fox News and go on to dominate Twitter or X. And we also learned that the Dalai Lama is really pervy. Yes, we did. And Nikki refuses to say what I wanted her to say, which is he's pervy because he asked a young boy to suck his tongue in public. Um... Now, you can excuse that away as cultural differences. I would not go that far. Anyways, um, April was quite the month. A lot of stuff going on in, in April. Because even in addition to all these stories, you know, we talked about surveys that show that traditional values like patriotism, religion, community have all plunged dramatically, which isn't good. And we also talked about uh, the woeful state of church attendance in this nation which again, is not good. Because um, everybody's just wanting to do online. Right, that's a big part of it. Um, but also yeah. people are just generally losing faith in this nation. So that isn't good. Now, as far as Mike Todd in his Easter service, that was a big story, obviously, in April. My hope is that going into 2024, you know, Mike Todd, you think, could either go you know, one of two ways, right? He would heed the criticism and tone it down get something a little more orthodox, if you will, as far as his Easter service. Or, you know, if pride might grip him, then he may double down on it, right? I mean, it depends on the 
what's going on in the politics. If that's what they're talking about a lot, a lot of these pastors want to go along with it. Well, and also, right, like, you know, it's not just pride that's like, hey, who are you to tell me how to do whatever? But also, yeah. you don't know how much money that brought him in. If that sort of service, obviously, it got oh, a lot of traction. Easter service. I was thinking about when he did his sermon on oh, supporting no, that was, trans. Yeah, get that right, too. Because he even made God. the point, we're transformation church. Yeah, Yeah, I think we it. did talk about that, too. So that's what I always remember about him. It was so not a great he... year for Mike Todd, um, but we do hope that he corrects it. You know, so pray for Mike Todd if you got a minute that he would correct it because we would like to see him correct that. But um, also with that, you know, if you haven't listened to the Reverend, I think it's Reverend, um, I got it wrong. We did the article and people were not happy with me, but I think it's Reverend Kelvin Robinson. If you have not listened to his Oxford Union debate speech, whatever it was, Please go do yourself the favor and listen to that. It still is valid mm -hmm. today as it was then and um, really good. It's short, sweet, to the point, mm -hmm. um, biblical, which the Church of England is not. So it was good to hear somebody, you know, correct them on that. Really good speech. Go give that a listen, please. It's a uh, benefit to yourself to do so. Um, but again, super busy month in April. A lot of big stories. You know, obviously Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News was big. He kind of broke Twitter initially, almost, it seemed like, or X when he first got on there. You know, he did his, what, Donald Trump interview during the first Republican mm -hmm. debate. And I think that's the most viewed video, like, ever on Twitter. It's got, like, 300 million views or something like that. So um, that was a big story, for sure. I'm not really sure what Tucker's doing anymore. Probably still on Twitter, and I'm sure he's still doing wonderful. Who knows? <laughs> but anyways, that was April. So let's keep this thing going and get into May. All right. In the month of May, we saw King Charles assume the throne in England after the passing of Queen Elizabeth. We saw Rick Warren be announced as Chancellor of Spurgeon's College. Tim Keller passed away. And the state of Washington chose trans rights over parents' rights, passing a law sheltering gender-confused kids from their parents who disagree with the life-altering, sinful decision. Yep. Um, yep. Lord have mercy on Washington and their governor. I think it's Jay Inslee. Lord have mercy on Jay Inslee. But uh, 2023, I think, largely was a year that we really saw the sort of satanic influence over a lot of these liberal states and the leaders in those liberal states. Um, there was a lot of states that passed these sort of trans bills, um, but a lot of states passed pretty aggressive abortion laws, like right up until birth, like the Michigans, the New Mexico, our state shamefully passed a lot of those laws, you know, really in shining that child sacrifice. So I think 2023 highlighted like I said, satanic influence over those politicians in those states. Um, and then as for King Charles, uh, again, that seems like a distant memory at this point. But, um, you know, I've always had sort of a high level of disdain for like royalty, if you will. Um, that might be the American bred into me. I read Thomas Paine's Common Sense as a young adult, and that's always stuck with me. I think he was very smart in how he described the idiocy of royalty. 
<laughs> and I think I agree with him. Still agree with him. Um, and then the Rick Warren, <laughs> the Rick Warren dispersion college, uh, it was a gut punch for sure. Um, but if you have not gone and watched the sort of announcement, <laughs> and if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or rumble, you'll see the picture. But if you have not seen the video of them, <clears throat> announcing sort of why they selected Rick Warren to be the chancellor. You've got to go and watch it. You'll laugh. You'll cry. Ugh. I mean, it is an SNL skit. There's like an old man, like breathing heavy and like sleeping in the background. And like, it's just awful. Um, not to mention at the end of it all, it's Rick Warren taking over Spurgeon's college, which it sounds like Spurgeon's college has kind of been drifting from Charles Spurgeon's doctrine for a while, but even still, just a, a gut punch to all of us who love and respect Charles Spurgeon. Oh my goodness, that video was something to behold for sure. Like, did they have no PR reps that like saw the set of that and went, oh no. Like, let's let's redo this. Let's just do it in a cafeteria. Let's, you know, something. Nope. They just went full steam ahead. So that one was tough for sure. Um, but May, yeah, not it's a so-so month in 2023, mm -hmm. I guess. It's odd to say so-so when you see the satanic influence ravaging many of the states in this country where you're like, eh, just kind of an average month in America in 2023. I mean, so. there's crazy things going on, like way more than what we even talk about. It's just what we talk about just scratches the surface. Yeah, it was actually a pretty heavy task to sift through what I thought was the most important of what we talked about. Because of course, on this show, we only bring you the grade A news stories from the <laughs> Christian world, of course. We're not going to waste your time with all that nonsense. That's why you guys come here for just the red meat of Christian news, if <laughs> you will. So, uh, but anyways, that was May. So let's uh, go ahead and take, oh, and obviously Tim Keller passing. We don't want to brush by that. Very sad news, of course. He was important to a lot of people in the Christian realm. Um, so that was uh, sad. But let's go ahead and dive into June. All right. For June, we saw the state of Utah remove the King James Bible from schools. And we saw Neuralink, the computer brain interface, human trials get approved by the FDA. We learned that the Chosen was allowing... Pride and sexual sin to be openly displayed on the set of their show. And we heard President Joe Biden declare that America was a nation of pride. Yeah, now yep, that's that a was, month. And that was in June. So we know what kind of pride he was talking about. Right. So June, we had braced ourselves for June. I think everybody did, but still a doozy of a month. And, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll look back on June of 2023 as sort of the dawn of the matrix. You know, when they trace this thing back, some forensic, you know, history, they'll be like, yep, there it was. The uh, approval of human trials for computer brain interfaces. It's when everything went awry, who knows? But you haven't heard, or you haven't heard much from Neuralink since then. You know, Wonder how the human trials are going. Maybe everybody's brains are catching fire, like the Teslas well, are. And uh, the movie the kids watched, the Detective Pikachu movie, it is about Neuralink. 
and how they're trying to link the Pokemon with their owners. So the Pokemon are more like they have their owner's minds and they can talk, I think, and do things that their owners can do. That's and super creepy. Yeah. They they called it Neuralink in the movie. So but it's smart, right? You convince crazy. the kids at a young age that this is mm -hmm. common. This is something you want. It's cool. You can talk to Pokemon. Yeah, I don't think it's cool, but you got to get the kids early. Disney's obviously on that bandwagon there. Um, and we didn't even just mm. FYI, we're not even going to bring up Disney and, you know, them falling off the face of the earth intentionally because of their depravity that they want to shove in everybody's face. So that's not even going to make the news this year. But, um, you know, we probably didn't need to mention, obviously, President Biden, you know, we knew that was obviously what he felt that we're a nation of pride. But I think to just sort of hear it out loud said in English on a national platform, you're like, it just stings a little bit to realize that, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're a true. nation of pride. Um, and then even if you saw that, uh, the tweet that he had sent out, you know, hanging the pride flag from the center of the Capitol building, I think it was, um, not great. You know, he definitely makes you want to, you know, consider that Israel's golden calf had nothing on America. Um, Certainly understand that. So, but then in, in regards to the chosen, you know, that was surprisingly, that's, I think to this day, still the most viewed and listened to podcast that we've ever done on this show in nearly three years. And we were not expecting to get that much, um, I guess, traction on that episode, but it was awesome. The discussion that we had with people both for and against the chosen for what they did. It was really uh, a neat experience on this podcast. I had a hard time keeping up with it. Uh, I like to try to respond to everybody. So FYI, if you comment on a video, I'm going to do my absolute best to respond to you. Um, that one took a lot, took a lot of time to stay up to, to date with what everyone was saying. But it was great, great discussion. I think a needed discussion. So mm -hmm. um, interesting, you know, a lot of people against it, a lot of people for it. I thought, I wonder if they're the same people that are for the Baphomet statue in the Iowa Capitol. <laughs> Maybe they're the same ones defending it there. Who knows? Um, you have to ask them. But it was really pretty split there down the middle, people for it and against it. So that was great. Um, but either way, you know, a month, you probably expected it, right? And then even in regards to the King James Bible being removed from schools, Mm -hmm. Again, that was the state of Utah, which, you know, it's one thing if it's New York City, you're like, oh, of course they removed it. Like, what a shock. But, you know, they're coming for, you know, getting rid of the Bible, right? Trying to claim, hey, if you're going to tell me gender queer for kids is inappropriate, then I'm going to tell you, you know, the book of mm -hmm. First Kings is inappropriate <clears throat> for kids. You know, it talks about women in there and sex or whatever it is. So um, they're definitely trying to find their ways around. You either let my kids have gay porn in school or you don't get to have your Bible in school. Well, one book or all the other books are teaching you that it's good to do those sinful acts. The Bible, yeah, it's in there, but it's warning you against it. The wrath right. of God against that. <laughs> and we have a very, very simple solution to that. Um, 
homeschool your kids. Then you can have a Bible in. You don't even have to have a King James version. You could have a ESV, a CSB, LSB, whatever you want. Um, just don't have a passion translation in your house. But and you don't have to have gay porn in there either. Um, just homeschool your kids. They'll do all right. So that was the month of June. Kind of what we expected, except for Neuralink. That was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But let's keep this ball rolling and get into June, onto the se- or July, onto the second half of the year there. All right. For July, we saw the Supreme Court deal a blow to affirmative action in higher education. And we learned about Nigerian human trafficking baby factories. And we saw the release of two wonderful must-see movies, The Sound of Freedom and The Essential Church. Yep. Um, You know, glad to see the Supreme Court take action on affirmative action. Mm -hmm. You know, I hold to the stance, I still hold to the stance that affirmative action, while it may have been good and important at one time in American history, I think today it's really become the racism that it sought to fight. You know, it's kind of that racism of lowered expectations, if you will. Uh, So it's good to see that they're fighting that, hopefully do away with it uh, entirely. So that's good. And then obviously The Sound of Freedom, you know, was a great movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was a box office hit, which is great as well. You know, a lot of people went and saw it. When I looked up the numbers, and you can get some differing numbers on this, but it was uh, the number 10 grossing movie in America. And Mm. speaking of Disney, as we did earlier, I think it beat out every Disney movie besides the superhero movies. So great, wonderful success. A lot of people saw it. Very important movie to highlight, you know, just uh, the dangers that are out there for people. You know, it's easy to, you know, wherever you're living, your comfortable home to sort of put out of your mind that sort of trafficking, the human suffering, especially the sex trafficking. But this really brought it to the forefront that like, no, man, a lot of people are suffering today and you can't turn a blind eye to this. Now, it's sad to see what happened with Tim Ballard after that. You know, we talked about that on this show, how Tim Ballard seems to be like heavily invested in like psychic mediums, which is not great. He's already a Mormon, which is not great. But then diving full into like new age mysticism, not a good look. But that aside, the movie was great. The message is great. The mission is great. Mm -hmm. So that was good. Um, And then obviously we didn't even link those necessarily with the Nigerian baby factories, those are baby factories for human trafficking. That's why those baby factories exist to sell babies. Mm. Uh, so maybe someone could point Tim Ballard, Ballard in Nigeria's direction, go and free some kids. But uh, mm-hmm. it's funny because July, you know, we celebrate freedom. Mm-hmm. And all these stories are about people who don't have freedom, even um, the Central Church. Right. And that, to me, speaking about that release in July, that to me is the must watch movie of the year. Maybe the must watch movie of the decade. I don't know. It's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Uh, It is an absolutely outstanding movie, The Essential Church. I think it's a must watch for any Christian just to, because, you know, it focuses on Grace Community Church, which some people might be put off by. Oh, I don't like John MacArthur. Fine. But it's not about John MacArthur. It's about um, being a Christian church in a 
increasingly secular uh, society and how your church should function. Um, what is right biblically for your church to do? And that's really what the mo- movie focuses on. But it also touches on church history, which is wonderful. Mm. Um, biblical doctrine. It's such an important movie, I think. So if you have yet to see The Essential Church, if you've yet to see The Sound of Freedom and The Essential Church, go watch The Essential Church. It's a better movie. Uh, it's an absolute must-see, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, all in all, I think July turned out to be a pretty good month. Getting rid of affirmative action, Sound of Freedom, Essential Church. Sad about the Nigerians. I mean, that Lord stuff's going on all the time. It's just yes. when the articles come out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But definitely sad. But uh, all in all, I think July, pretty good month by 2023 standards. So let's see what August has for us. All right. Well, August brought us news, uh, further news on the decline of the Church of England. We had stories of them seeking to rid themselves of conservative priests. Another great ejection, if you will. We also learned of their pyramid of white supremacy that they teach students in their schools. But it wasn't just England. In America, we saw Moody Bible College get attacked by feminists over teaching biblical orthodoxy. And we also learned of Matt Chandler and the Village Church's woke uh, race-based hiring practices. So not a good month. (laughs) Nope. Uh, So July was pretty good. August, not so much. Uh, Not a great month at all. And again, Church of England, birth in sin, continuing in sin to this day is no real surprise. But Moody Bible College getting taken to court for teaching biblical roles in ministry, mm-hmm. I think was really sad to see. Yeah. Uh, we did try to reach out to the woman who is taking them to court. Her name is Janae Garrick. We reached out to her. Uh, she finally, so we reached out to her in August. She finally got back to us in November and told us she was not doing any interviews. So, Unfortunately, she wouldn't uh, answer some of our questions. If by chance she ever decides to do an interview and wants to talk to us, we will ask her. That would be great. Why you sought to go work for a school that taught views you don't believe in. You know, especially if you're considering yourself a Christian. Just curious about that. Mm -hmm. But um, who knows? Feminism, right? Ravages everything it touches. Yeah. But uh all just not a great year for Matt Chandler, you know, because this obviously, you know, came about with this sort of woke hiring practices. And if you remember this story, or if you don't remember, I guess the I or the point of this was he was sort of answering a question saying, if I'm presented with a candidate to hire and he's like a black guy who's a six out of 10, kind of a qualification scale of six out of 10, but he's black, I would rather have the black guy who's a six out of 10 than a white guy who's like an eight out of 10 Mm -hmm. because of race or whatever, which is not a good thing to say, right? When your goal as a pastor is to shepherd your people in righteousness, you should be striving to get the most qualified leaders possible. Yeah, you're not caring about the people. Yeah, you're like, listen, your souls are important. We don't want to look racist either. And that's a bit more important than racism. The appearance of racism is a greater sin. (laughs) Yeah. So not a great look for Matt Chandler. But also, if you remember, he was suspended in 2023 for inappropriate messaging with another woman, I think on Instagram or something like that. 
So he served a three-month suspension, and then this video came out like, not a great year for Matt Chandler. Um, hopefully he can bounce back there. Um, but also not a great year for his church. Um, Maybe he was doing all that just to get people to like him if they Well, I think this racism before. thing actually happened before the suspension. I think it just came out after. Okay. So, yeah. Maybe he's like, oh, the suspension stinks, but at least they didn't hear about my uh, racism. Co oh, they did? Great. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. So yeah, not, not a good. great year there. Um, hopefully Matt Chandler can, I don't know his history, uh, didn't follow him, but if he ever was on the narrow road, hopefully he gets back to it in mm -hmm. 2024. If you got a spare minute, please pray for Matt Chandler. Um, you know, send him an email or a tweet, you know, tell him you're praying for him. I'm sure he would appreciate it. I know the people that attend this church every week, they need it. They need a, a Matt Chandler on the narrow road for sure. Mm -hmm. So that was August, not a good month, especially in comparison to July. But let's see what we have waiting for us in September. All right, September now, not as busy of a month. We watched and listened to today's Christianities Beyond Gender Roles debate which was just something. Sarah Young, the author of Jesus Calling, passed away. And we saw Deion Sanders become the king of college football. Yep. Uh, Deion Sanders became the king of college football before any games had even played. And also, in our opinion, I think we made the point then, kind of became the face of American Christianity, in my opinion. Um, you know, it's that do what you've always done, be who you've always been, show no growth, no transformation, but just slap Christ on it and voila, it's Christian now. You know, he's just as arrogant, just as uh What's your testimony? Prideful. What has Christ done for you? Well, in the world of prosperity gospel, Christ has apparently done a ton for Dion. He's got money fame. He's got people idolizing him. Um, he can do no wrong, apparently. Now, is that sanctification? I would say no. But again, that's why I think he's the face of American Christianity. Um, you know, show no sanctification. Just call yourself Christian. You know, I've watched a podcast or just a snippet of a podcast I saw. And it was, I don't even know what the show was, but this guy was interviewing and there was a girl on there who I guess was a porn star. And he was like, hey, I see you have a cross necklace on. And he's like, do you believe in Jesus? She's like, oh, yes, I believe in Jesus. And he's like, do you think he accepts your uh, pornography and your only OnlyFans accounts? And she's like, yes, Jesus accepts me just as I am. He's like, are you sure? And she's like, yes, he accepts me exactly as I am. And I was like, oh, brother, uh, that's not good. But I don't think that's uncommon in America today. So. Dion, the face of football and Christianity. Jesus just accepts you. Yep. But do you accept him as Lord? That's the question. No, we don't like to ask those questions. Um, <laughs> whenever I have those thoughts, I go to Andy Stanley and he eases my conscience. And then I just go back to the debaucherous lifestyle See, I was living. This is why so many people are depressed. Because they think they're saved and they're not. They know uh, who wants a, a little God thing like freedom from sin that isn't holy. That's depressing. 
God isn't holy and he does nothing for you. Listen, Jesus is your homeboy. All right. That's all you want. So, um, but then, you know, onto the gender roles debate, you know, this is just more of what today's Christianity or ChristianityToday.com has been doing all year. You know, this is like just one of a series of, they call them debates. They're more conferences because there's no debate. It's just a bunch of people agreeing. Um, it's feminizing Christianity is all it is. It's a bunch of women telling you why yeah. um, God called them to their roles in ministry leadership is essentially all it is. So it's not well, a great listen. first one they did that, what was it called? Because this was like the second one they did where it was more of their agreeing. I don't remember the what the first one, one was, was called. Something. Well, it was more about women being called to something higher than you know, a wife and a mother. Right. It was when we were still living in Florida. Anyway, it was the same lady, the lady that was kind of um, moderating this one. Mm-hmm. She was one of the... Yeah, Nicole Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this was just building off of that initial <clears throat> debate here. Right. But again, both of them were just feminizing Christianity. Um, that's really all the debates were. Not a great listen, but they are important because, again, that is something that we're dealing with in America. Um, and then as far as Sarah Young passing away, you know, while she may not be, well, I don't know, she's probably more important in Christianity in American Christianity than Tim Keller. Um, but she wasn't a pastor. She was just a writer, but I think maybe for that reason, she was more important, more impactful maybe, uh, because she sold over 40 million copies of her books and probably sold them to people that aren't even Christian. So people that don't even believe in God, that's what they think Christianity is. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously convincing Christians to believe in whatever she was teaching. So, um, you know, which is really, she was a driving force behind the sort of new age mystical Christianity, the pseudo Christianity that we've seen really grow in popularity in the last few years. So um, she's probably more impactful, sadly, than Tim Keller was, uh, you know, obviously in like, you know, certain Christ- uh, circles of Christianity, Tim Keller was more respected and well thought of and those sorts of things. Right. But, but Sarah Young was broadly known. Yeah. I think, and people her. like their devotionals. <laughs> right. I mean, who wants <laughs> to just sit down and listen to a sermon when I can read a devotional? Right. Um, Paragraph. Yeah. Now, we're not going to say on here that we're glad Sarah Young is dead. Of course not. But we are certainly glad she's no longer writing because her writings are heretical, in our opinion. Um, They're not good for your soul. So we're glad that her writings have stopped. Not saying we're glad she's dead. Glad that her books aren't being written anymore. So that's good. Hopefully nobody will pick up that mantle. I was just going to say, maybe. We'll see. Seems likely. Bethel Church is still out there pushing the new age mysticism. So we can always be hopeful, but, um, yeah. So September, um, a busy month, I suppose, but that takes us now into October. All right. October was a wild month. We had Kevin McCarthy ousted as speaker of the house. And we learned about Andy Stanley's unconditional conference. And we saw the historic attack on Israel by Hamas. Yeah, uh, October was a month of very big news. Mm -hmm. You know, 
as far as Andy Stanley, who was probably the least important of the news there, um, you know, we did just get to see a little closer look at his affirmation preaching and see what it was all about. Um, you know, we learned a little bit about that when we talked about the rift in Charles and Andy Stanley earlier mm-hmm. in the year, but, you know, sitting down and listening to actual sermons, full sermons from Andy Stanley and what he was preaching, you know, much like Sarah Young, uh, it's dangerous stuff. You know, I think when you really pay close attention to it, and I think it's something that we should all be made aware of and we should all begin to speak against when we see it, you know, um, because people are drawn to this. I think Andy Stanley's got a 35,000 member church or I think in his church associations or something, there are that many people. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people um, flocking to Andy Stanley because why wouldn't you, right? I can live the way I want to live, do what I want to do, and God just accepts me anyways. I get heaven at the end of it. Hot dog, right? Sounds like a, a great way to live. So, but also he's someone we should pray for. Matt Chandler, yeah. pray for Andy Stanley that he would be convicted um, and turn to biblical preaching. Um because really, I think any pastor that tells you to accept sin in your life, you know, we should be praying for that person first and foremost, because they're going to stand in judgment for what they're teaching. You know, the Bible tells us the teachers are judged harsher. And if you're someone telling their congregants that you can accept your sin, just be comfortable in it. God loves you totally anyways. It's a different gospel. It's a different Jesus because Jesus is gives you the power to overcome sin. You have a new heart. You have new desires. You're a new creation in Christ. And if you're not a new creation with the Jesus you follow, it's not, it's not Jesus. Not. Yeah. So run from that teaching where you hear it and then pray for those who were telling you it. Um, And then in regards to uh, Israel, you know, that's obviously still ongoing. It's still an unfolding story. The war is still going on over there. But it is crazy to see the amount of people that have come out to support Hamas. You can call it Palestine, but Palestine is Hamas, and Hamas is a terrorist organization. So it's crazy to see people that have come out in support of that. Even just recently, the presidents of Harvard, Penn, and MIT have all come out and been like, yeah, we're kind of okay with anti-Semitic protests on campus. Even if you want to tell us you're going to kill Jews, it's all right with us. Um, so our advice on that, for the love of your kids, do not send them to these institutions. Mm. Uh, I promise you they can learn engineering somewhere else. Uh, because it's crazy, right? If this was a anti-LGBTQ protest where they were talking about killing trans people, Oh, that would be shut down in a heartbeat. But when it's talking about killing the Jews, they're like, well, you know, we don't want to silence free speech. You know, everyone's got a right, like craziness. So, yep, it'd be a hate crime, but it's not. It's a hate crime to send your kids to these institutions, (laughs) in our opinion. So don't send your your kids there. Um, It's crazy. But uh, then also just on Kevin McCarthy, not a great year for him either. You know, his year obviously started in chaos. I think it was historic in his election to speaker. I think they had 15 votes to elect him to speaker. And then obviously he didn't even last the year. He was ousted from the speakership, was 
which was also historic for all the wrong reasons. So not a great year for Kevin McCarthy. But that was October. What does November have for us? All right, November. Uh, we finally got our first look at the Nashville Shooters Manifesto, and it's exactly what we thought we would see. The Evangelical Theological Society selected for the first time a female to lead that Christian organization. ChristianityToday.com, I'm sure, is happy. And we learned that Pope Francis is all in on blessing trans and same-sex couples. Yeah. You know, uh, who knows? Maybe Pope Francis is of the mindset that he refuses to be outdone in the realm of heresy by the Church of England. So he's not going to let that stand on his watch. Not on your life. Pope Francis will rise to the challenge of heretical teachings. And then with ETS being led by a woman now, I think her name is Karen Jobes. That's how you pronounce it. You know, as we discussed this in November, I think this like otherwise would not be that big of a deal for her to lead this organization. You know, some people may feel more strongly about it than others, but I think the point that we had, the problem we had with it was sort of the reason why she was elected to this role is because there's a lot of people in ETS that are supporting and pushing the complementarianism view. So it wasn't just like, well, look, she's the most qualified. She's a sharp woman. Let's do it. But they're pushing uh, what we would consider an unorthodox teaching in the church, which is compl uh, complementarianism. So I think that's what makes this problematic. And then also even just the reasons why they wanted a woman to be leader. Uh, they say in this article here, that she becomes the president after decades of hostile and unwelcoming atmosphere at ETS. And if you read the article, the hostile and unwelcoming atmosphere is literally men at the conferences walking around and asking women, where's your husband? And they're like, oh, how dare you? I mean, he's over at the cafeteria, but how dare you, right? Like that's the hostile environment. Christian men asking a woman where their husband was, <laughs> which, you know, if it was the other way around, that would also be hostile. Oh gosh. If they walked up and were like, hey, pretty lady, would you like to maybe go grab some lunch? She's like, I'm married, you pig. Oh, I didn't know. I just I know. assumed you were here. <laughs> like it would be offensive and hostile uh. no matter what, because they're complementarian. And that was their goal at the end of it, I would assume. So just someone who says that, I just think she probably just hates all men. To say something like that, to be so offended. Like, what makes you uh, think I want a salad for lunch and not a raw steak? They're like, do you want me to get you a raw steak? No, I want the salad. But why would you assume? Like, all right, settle down. Just be angry if you, you want to be You can't have angry. normal conversation with anybody. You can't have small talk because you don't Now, we know. don't know if that was Karen Job's thought process. I don't know. <clears throat> Just kind of spitballing here. But I do think this is a slippery slope. Um, not to mention stupid arguments for why they did this, right? But pretty slippery slope if, you know, because they could very easily, I think, make the case now, like, well, what do you mean a woman can't pastor your church? The conference mm -hmm. that your church and all your pastors are a member of is led by a woman, but she can't lead the church? What do you mean? So the slippery slope there for sure, in my opinion, we'll yes. see where this goes. And 
obviously it hits somewhat close to home for us. Maybe not obviously. I don't know why I said that, but we have a pastor that we love dearly. He was a great pastor in Florida and he's a member of ETS and he would come back and share with us the great things that he learned there. And they were always great. So we would like to not see ETS be watered down or Hmm. Um, I hope this is way. the extent, like it just stops here. Yes, that's the way sin works. It just gets, <laughs> goes so far and then decides that's far enough. Yeah, that's how people are. We all are like that, aren't we? You know what? I'll I let your kids be gay, this. but I, I'm i not going to go the transgender. I don't want them to mutilate themselves. It didn't stop there, did it, folks? Um, that's the scary thing. It's like you got to put a stop to stuff before it before it gets worse because you know. Yeah, you Just, give that woman the salad and you tell her she's going to like it. <laughs> Just uh, but that was November, so let's finish strong here uh, going into the month of December. What did December bring us? All right, in December, we learned in depth about the occult uh, training manual that is Sarah Young's writings. And we had maybe the only meaningful presidential debate when Ron DeSantis debated Gavin Newsom. Sadly, though predictably, we saw Christians across the nation rush to defend a satanic holiday display in the Iowa State House. And finally, we learned that Facebook is a refuge for child predators. Yeah, uh, ended the year with a bang for sure, uh, if you will. Um, you know, and just in regards to the the whole year, we didn't really highlight a lot from politics this year. and. Because even as much politics that was discussed this year, 2024 is really going to be the political year. That's the election, the presidential election. It's going to be, you're going to be drowning in political um, nonsense. But uh, I think for what we did highlight, the Gavin Newsom, Ron DeSantis debate, if you're going to pay attention to any of it, I thought that one was a really important one. If Mm -hmm. you're going to point anybody like in your family to a debate or something to listen to. That one was good because it wasn't about DeSantis and Newsom specifically. It was about California and Florida in two different, different governing styles. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't care what you believe. How does what you believe play out in real life? Mm -hmm. That's what's important. And I thought it was a great debate. Um, Obviously, if you've been here for some time, you know, we really like Ron DeSantis. Uh, But even still, I think just to see the way in their answers, or non-answers, if you will, they are <laughs> yeah. politicians, right? I thought it was a great uh, debate there. If you want to listen to one, um, and then you know, in regards to Sarah Young's writings, we've obviously obviously talked a lot about that in December. Um, if you've read Sarah Young or not, and you're just like, "What do you mean, New Age mysticism, all this stuff?" Please go and check out the link in the show notes. Go to Brenna Scott's website. She did. Uh, wonderful work mm-hmm. in highlighting uh, in some great detail yeah. all of the sort of occultic teachings that are wrapped up in Sarah Young's book. And you might say a lot of occultic teachings. Okay. Okay. No, it's a lot. Like you're going to be like, holy smokes. That's way more than I expected. Uh, and the book's free to read on our website. You can buy yeah. a copy there if you want. Um, we recommend it. Have a copy. You know, if you're in church and your church has a copy of Jesus Calling, maybe don't steal it, but slide this book in next to it. I know. I keep thinking of doing that. I'm like, we have some extra books, but. Yeah. Our church I doesn't carry Jesus Calling, the, thankfully. But, the bookstores, um, I mean. 
Yeah, I think that's a very important story to familiarize yourself with because, again, it's not just Sarah Young. This mysticism, this new age thinking is everywhere in the church. Um, so you kind of have to know what you're looking for to see it and then know how to, you know, point out that, no, nah, man, this is actually kind of exactly what the occult teaches. Mm-hmm. So that's not good. Um, then obviously the Baphomet statue, that was bad. Uh, but it was also encouraging to see the the gentleman go and knock it over. But it was just shocking to see how many Christians basically came out to make the argument that, well, if you want to win people to Christ, we have to support satanic false idols. What? Uh, no, you don't. So <sighs> you can, you know, we started the year seeing that we're still have an uphill battle and we're ending the year seeing that, yep, we still have a battle because too many people seem comfortable with like, well, you have to support mutilating your child so you can win people who mutilate their children. Like, why don't wow. we try holiness and righteousness for a change? But uh, yeah, and then obviously social media, it's the same rat's nest of sinful depravity as it's always been, um, this time highlighting Facebook. So hmm. big stories to end the year with there in December, in our opinion, important stories. But, uh, you know, catch your breath over this holiday season because, you know, if these stories are any indication, 2024 is not going to slow down. If anything, it's probably going to ramp up. It should slow down if the Asbury revival was for real. (laughs) We should be coming to an end here any day now, but it doesn't seem to be that way. So, but Mm. that's our look back at the stories from 2023. Uh, We'd love to know what you guys think on any of those stories. If you think maybe we're over-exaggerated or we didn't go far enough or we missed the main point, whatever it happens to be, we'd love to know um, your thoughts on those. And then we're about to get into our biggest story of the year. I'd love to know what you think the biggest story of the year was. Uh, Did we not cover it at all? Did we miss it completely? Please let us know. But for us, the biggest story of the year was not the biggest story of the year by headlines, by clicks, by views. In fact, it was probably the least viewed, most ignored story of the year, uh, but the most important in our opinion. And that was the story by, oh, let me get it pulled up here. That was the story by the Gospel Coalition. And it was titled, um, Want to Reach the World? Evangelize the Church. So to us, the biggest story of the, the year was re-evangelizing the church. And I think this is the biggest story of the year to me, because if we get this right, I think it takes care of most everything that we discussed this year. It fixes every problem for the most part. Obviously, we're still in a sinful, fallen world, <clears throat> but mm-hmm. re-evangelizing the church um, is the important part. Like, obviously spread the gospel far and wide, take it to the, you know, Mm -hmm. all the ends of the earth. That's the command the Lord gave us. It still exists. So of course do that. But, um, re-evangelizing the church even fixes that problem. But the state of American Christianity is bad and it's getting worse in our opinion. Yeah. You can tell all the articles we bring up where pastors are worldly and not looking after the flock or teaching the flock sinful things, anti-Christ teachings. And and Christians are accepting of sinful things. And I don't know. I think it might be harder to convince someone who thinks they're saved 
they're Oh, not. it certainly is. It um, certainly is. I think that's definitely more of a challenge. Um, and it's it's hard. I think it's I think because so many in the churches are lukewarm and worldly, it makes it harder to take the gospel to unbelievers because they already have in their mind what Christians are like. Uh, these worldly Christians. So why would why would they care to hear, to hear what you have to say? That's not a hopeful message, and you have to tell them so many are wrong, and what you know about Christianity, what you hear and assuming most Christians um, that people know are not real Christians, according to you know the polls and stuff, and so. Right. I mean, we've talked about that a lot this year. 65% of this country says they're Christians. 6% hold a biblical worldview. Yeah. So the majority, you have to say, you know, (sighs) not really. It's like everybody's heard the gospel already, but not the true gospel. So it's like you go to people, I'll share the gospel with you. And they're like, I already heard it. And you're like, probably have it. (laughs) I know Jesus wants to be my homeboy, but I have all the friends I need right now. So yeah. um, and that's one of the stories we didn't even touch on this year, mostly because it started in 2022, but it did carry over into 2023. And that was the Jesus, he gets us campaign. Oh yeah. Um, if you guys watched any sports that was big in sports, they have those commercials banners and stuff. And just what a perfect example of sort of the weak and the ineffective Christian church today. I think that highlights so much of the problems with us. Like, Somehow there's a Christian ad agency out there and they were getting together, you know, a meeting of the minds and they're like, you know what America really needs to hear in order to turn away from their evil ways? How about, listen listen to me, boys, this is crazy, but how about we try a watered down, best friend, seeker sensitive Jesus? That was their great, like, have we not been trying that for the last 30 years? Like, that's exactly what's led us to the place that we're in, that message is what's gotten us here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the seeker sensitive, the Jesus is your homeboy, God is love, as we would say, the do as thou wilt Christianity and that Christian teaching, that's what's led us to the place that we're in. How are we going to re or evangelize the church? What's like a strategy? Like, I don't know, like you got to like share the gospel with the pastors. And hopefully their hearts change because you can't just swoop in there and I'm a guest speaker and I'm going to, I mean, maybe the people in the church never really heard the gospel. I don't know. Like, how would you, how would you do this? How would you get it done? How do you evangelize the church? I mean, little by little, just the people, you know, just how you would evangelize or share the gospel with anybody. But if you want to go in and make a big impact on like whole churches, um, well, I don't think you can look at it that way. You know, I, I mean, the gospel has always been an individual mm-hmm. message, right? There is no community salvation. There's, I mean, there's preaching, but the gospel is an individual. It's a meet a person where they are, highlight a person's sinfulness, a person's need for mm-hmm. um, Christ and repentance. And But it know, seems so- like the damage is just going to get worse and worse because the lukewarm church that's so big is going to have, they're going to share their false gospel with people. And, and it's hard to know, like we meet people and they say, yeah, I'm a Christian, 
but we don't stop there. We don't assume, yeah, they are a Christian. We're like, we're just going to assume everybody isn't saved because there's so many who think they are and they're not. Well, I think it needs to get personal. You know, we live in a social media world and it's very easy to say like, oh, Andy Stanley teaches a false teaching. I'm going to tweet at him. You suck, Andy. You know, that doesn't help, right? But like, oh, no. <laughs> we need to get personal and like, yeah. write him a letter, you know, and don't worry about Andy Stanley necessarily. Worry about your pastor. Um, and if you are a pastor, I think pastors first and foremost need to start by looking in the mirror. You know, as we said, 6% of this country has a biblical worldview. Now there's a chance that your entire church makes up a part of that 6%. It's unlikely. It's possible, but it's unlikely. So you need to look at your own church first and then look at what you're teaching your church. Um, you know, I'll mention this because it's relevant and it's recent. We went to our old church, which is filled with people that we love, that they love Jesus. But we went there and it was a Christmas service. And, you know, I was just really saddened by what I heard in that service. What we heard, a lot of verses get mentioned even read. A lot of verses get read and mentioned, but none of them got preached. You know, it was just a verse followed by a story, um, just over and over again, an anecdote, a story, a symbol. This is what this is like. And, so, you know, and I just thought what a golden opportunity that was missed to really like, you know, I mean, the Christmas story is preaching God's sort of prophetic truth concerning his son the coming of our Lord and all that means for us and the world and all these things. But I think it's just a perfect representation of what so many churches around the country. I mean, we've probably gone to 20 churches in our life with all the moving we've done. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's basically Holy 18 Lord. of the churches we've gone to is just, you hear, I mean, it's Mike Todd's church, right? He mentions a verse, but does he ever preach the verse? No, he preaches his stories, his thoughts, his anecdotes. Um, so I think it needs to start with pastors, right? Um, that's the office God gave us to teach us um, his word. And pastors really need to look in the mirror and stop being the center of attention in their service. Um, your stories are great. They're funny. They're silly. They captivate whatever happens to be, but stop being the center of attention. Let God and let his word shine. That should be the whole goal of your service is what is God saying to my church in this passage or whatever it happens to be. Um, or what is God revealing about himself? So many take a verse and make it, what does this mean about you and your situation? You totally miss what it is about God or what God was doing and how to, there's just so much to worship God for, and it comes back on what right. can God do for us? Like American Christians don't need more help overcoming their battles. They don't need their lives supercharged. They don't need to know that God accepts their sins. They don't need social clubs. They don't need great coffee. They don't need great music. Um, they don't need any of that. What they need to hear is God's voice, you know, proclaimed mm -hmm. from his word, we would say boldly, unafraid, unapologetically proclaimed. Right. That's what they need. The rest of it is just fluff. That's what they need. And I'm reading through a book right now called Preaching and Preachers by Martin Lloyd-Jones. I think that's what it's called. And he makes a statement in there that I wholeheartedly believe is true, though I don't have the stats in front of me. 
But he says, as preaching goes down, counseling goes up. And his point is that when true preaching, like prophetically speaking God's word to your people in the church, whenever that diminishes, uh, your churchgoers, your church members' individual need for counseling goes up. Because if you're just preaching the Bible, explaining what God is, you know, talking and speaking to us through his word, then that counsels everybody in every area of life. So you don't need individual counseling as much if you're just letting God counsel them through his word. Um, But when you start getting away from that and you start, you know, uh, telling your funny stories and your jokes and Mm -hmm. you're filling your time with great music, well, then people's souls aren't being refreshed. They're not being counseled by God and his word. Yeah, people should. So now they need the individual one-on-one counselings that you should be doing to the masses. Like we said, Christianity isn't a community um, religion necessarily, but when you're preaching to the crowd, you're speaking God's word, the Holy Spirit is going to do that work inside of them. But when you're just bypassing all that to make your services fun or whatever, I mean, people still need that spiritual counseling. They still need their souls refreshed. They still need, you know, their consciences uh, ease or whatever it happens to be from the sin and um, call to repentance, all those sorts of things that if you're not doing that in your preaching, you're going to have to do outside of your preaching, if you will. So I think that statement's completely true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, it is. I agree. And I get the, you know, obviously we're not pastors and we're certainly not in charge of large churches that make lots of money and employ lots of people and all this sort of stuff. So I get that there might be the argument of, well, if we, you know, if we don't have the great music, if we don't have the social clubs, the coffee and these sorts of things, if the pastor isn't as charismatic and all this stuff, the crowds aren't going to show up. People aren't going to come. And to that, I would just say that is a little bit of addition by subtraction Mm -hmm. because the wicked people, the unbelievers, they've always fled from God. Mm -hmm. That's nothing new. Uh, And we shouldn't expect any less in our day. But for those who remain, or even those who show up in spite of all of that, they're going to be the ones that are actually like spiritually hardened to go and carry out God's commands to go and take the gospel, especially in this wicked world. They're going to be the ones hardened to be able to go and do that effectively. You know, a nation full of lukewarm phony Christians, if you want to call them that, that is not as potent as a minority mm-hmm. of on-fire, God-fearing, truth-telling Christ followers, right? I mean, obviously the apostles were 12 and they changed the world, mm-hmm. right? Now we have 200 million in this nation that supposedly are following Christ and the faith is declining each and every year. Something's wrong, right? So either the apostles were doing it wrong or we're doing it wrong well, today. Well, of course, faith is declining, Liz, because like I said, it's a a powerless Jesus that can't transform your life. Well, and you're selling them on a life that doesn't look any different than the life they're already living. Right. Hey, do everything you're already doing, but just, you know, come to church on Sunday and they're like, you have eh, no, I'm all right. Yeah. What is there to have faith in? Like, of Nothing. course. Hey, you can believe in growing. Jesus and nothing is going to happen. Yeah. Not like, hey, you can believe in Jesus and your life will be transformed and your eternity will be secured and nothing. Yeah, this is why we need to re-evangelize other people who say that they're Christians. We need to 
just help them just make sure they know the gospel. Right. And I don't mean to like, just go and assume everyone you talk to, even in your church, they're unbelievers and they're unsaved. I'm not necessarily saying that. I mean, you that, know but... by the fruit, like you're not, you don't have to assume. You can tell if someone is a believer or not when you're around them and, and just being with them when they, when you do Bible studies and just how they talk with other people or about other people, like you'll, you'll catch on and, and you don't have to assume they're not saved. They might just need some correction. Um, it's like with me. No, I was... Right, we needed correct. We still need correction. Obviously, we're not a hundred percent right. We know right. that, but yeah. and I think it starts with you, of course, right? Because if you, you know, get set on fire for Christ, and you know, you're fearing God and living righteously, then that's naturally going to be what comes out of you. So when you have those engagements with other people, that's naturally what they're going to hear. So it has to start with you. And I think, you know, it's easy to be like, "Oh, pastors mm. better fix this and start preaching right." Yes, but it also is your responsibility if you're sitting in a church like Joel Osteen today or Rick Warren or Andy Stanley, and maybe you're there because you've always gone there and it's comfortable now or it's fun, great kids ministry, whatever it happens to be, you need to look yourself in the mirror first. And I would say first step, don't just bail on the church. Um, right. Send the pastor a message, reach out, reach out to them and encourage them mm-hmm. to teach biblical orthodoxy to come back to the narrow road. But then if they don't, then I would say you need to have the courage to get up and go and find a church that will teach you in that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because ignorance is not an excuse, of course, to just be like, well, I was never taught right. that this was a sin. What do I know? You go to your church and you get to know people and you're going to find out if they really are born again. And and maybe you'll want to stay because um, even if the pastor doesn't I don't know. I, I feel kind of torn about that, even if the pastor doesn't listen to you when you reach out to him. But you have so many in the church that you know and you love. Maybe you can just start like a Bible study in your home or something and and really disciple. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's believers. for individuals to figure out. I mean, I wouldn't tell you one way or the other. I probably wouldn't want to stay. I mean, it doesn't mean to... you cut off ties with the people in the church that you love. Of course, no, you I mean, still stay still the friends with them. Christ. You can go to another church, but stay connected to those others in the church. And who knows if they'll end up having an impact. Maybe they'll, after you go to the pastor, maybe eventually they'll go. And maybe after enough people go to the pastor with the concern, he'll consider. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's on a case-by-case basis for sure. Do what you think is right. Um, and it's even hard to classify what biblical preaching is, you know, to tell someone, but just from my own experience, you know, it's one of those things that you know it when you hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, again, we sat through a service, we heard a lot of verses, but we didn't hear any preaching on the verses. And I think that's a good indication, you know, if they, Hey, Romans nine says this, And this is like a time when I was doing this with a guy who this and this happened, like, cool, I see what you're doing, but that's not actually telling me what Romans 14, whatever happens to say, like, I want to know what that says. So, you know, there's that famous saying that's kind of crude, but, you know, I can't tell you what porn is, but I know it when I see it. I think it's the same thing with biblical preaching. I can't necessarily, I mean, I can tell you my ideas of it, but when you hear it, you know it. Um, so seek that out. And I can't tell you what church in your area does that. If you have questions, reach out to us and we'll do our best to research for you and 
help point you in a direction. Um, but I just think this re-evangelizing the church solves everything. You have to realize that the people in your churches, many of them are not sold out believers. Again, 6% believe that the Bible is true and they live their life according to it. Um, so your church is full of people who are showing up that don't actually believe in Jesus. And if we re-evangelize the church and we start getting these people sold out on Christ, this solves abortion in America. This solves crime. It solves drugs. It solves transgender policies, gender dysphoria. I mean, the goal isn't just to make the nation better. I mean, the goal of the pastor is to look over the sheep Right. It's their souls. That's the important part. Yes. So our ultimate goal isn't just so all these things, because evil people are going to continue being evil. Right. But but I think that's the problem, right? Because people get so wrapped up and the news media does it. Politicians, they are exist, it seems like, to get us sidetracked. And we spend all of our time and our effort and our mental stress on trying to fight symptoms. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, we can't, ha- you know, have uh, the Church of England teaching white supremacy in our, or teaching, you know, yeah, whatever, pyramid. the pyramid of white supremacy in our schools. That's a symptom, man. You're fighting a symptom. Right. The problem is they don't actually believe in God and they're not living their lives sold out to God because if they were, that stuff goes away. Uh, it just, it works itself out. So it, we should fight symptoms but we got to go and start attacking the actual problem, which is people don't believe in God. Um, And even the people in our own churches, which is hard, you know, to recognize. And it was even, it was hard for us to recognize, you know, looking, this is why we got rebaptized at 37 years old or whatever. Cause we look back and we're like, I don't know if I ever really believed (laughs) like, because my life was not evident that I was a believer. I didn't have the fear of the Lord. And that's the beginning of wisdom. (laughs) Yeah. So we had to recognize it in our own life. We're still trying to shed off the 30, you know, four years worth of really living a lie in a sense, calling ourselves Christians, but not doing much of anything that would be evident of a Christian life. So it starts with ourselves, you know, reformed and always reforming, if you will, right? Like Mm -hmm. constantly examining ourselves and our own beliefs Um, But then again, to those around you, to the pastors, you know, reach out to everybody, man, this is so important. And again, it's not to fix the nation. It's not to make America more prosperous. Right. It's to save the souls of the people you love. That's Mm -hmm. the reason you do it. It's to get the world out of the church. It really, we want, we don't like the name of Jesus being blasphemed in the churches that say that they belong to God. Um. That's the reason. It is. We want people to be saved. We want those who think they're saved to really know that they're saved. They want an assurance of their salvation, not based on a false gospel. And that's one of the main struggles. That's one of the main struggles that people deal with in Christian faith is an assurance of their salvation. And I think they're unsure because they don't really ever get preached to. They never hear the Bible. Um, So they're constantly on edge. I think we need missionaries to go to the churches in our country. We don't we don't need to leave our country to reach a lot of people. Um 
we no, don't. I we mean, should people be doing hear, that, I think, but they need to hear it here as well. But I well. think when they hear the true gospel, which I think a lot of people don't hear it, I think so, so many people just haven't heard it. They don't know the gospel. And yeah, we need to, we need to share it here. We need to share it with the people who we, we sit next to in, in church. Absolutely. So, whew, man, that was a lot. That was our 2023 year in review, if you want to call it that. So um, talked about a lot of stories. Again, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say on these topics. What did we miss? What did we overlook? What did we over-exaggerate? Um, love to hear what you guys have to say on that. But do you have any final thoughts on any of the stories that we talked about to this point? You just see, I mean, just looking at it all, um, the way we're looking at it, taking all these big stories from the year, it's, you just see, this is what happens, what happens when people don't, don't acknowledge God, don't fear God. Um, there's just a lot of twisting of what's true, what's reality. It's, it just causes confusion and God is not the God of confusion. So yeah, it's just chaos. And it's, it's, it's so good that we have the answer. Like we see all this bookshelf right now. So those who don't know the Lord and then they see all this. Yeah. I can see why they're depressed. They have no hope. They're like, this is it. This is, we're going backwards. Everybody, you know, believes in evolution and man is just getting, you know, going up the ladder or whatever. But no, it seems like we're starting to go backwards and that's depressing. But for us, God is our hope. Um, but while we're here and we're still breathing, we we want others to have that hope. Um, we just look at all this a different way than those who don't know God. They have a completely different, I don't know, just a different understanding or I don't know. It's just depressing for them. Yeah. And I'll just mention, you know, again, as we're going into 2024, this is going to be a politics heavy year. And I just want to encourage everybody that conservatism is not Christianity. Liberalism is not Christianity. Um, politics, again, is a symptom, right? Politics are a reflection of the people. Mm-hmm. So if we fix the re-evangelizing, then that fixes the politics. Um, it fixes the laws, everything, right? So don't lose yourself in the, uh, I'm for Trump, I'm against Trump, I'm a liberal, I'm a conservative. That's all nonsense, right? We are Christ followers. We're supposed to be peacemakers uh, wherever we are. And that's what we should remember going into 24. Uh, Don't be sidetracked. Don't let the lying media, the lying politicians drag you into a place of hating people, Um, because of their political views, just remind yourself, those views are a symptom of their, what their soul and their heart, you know, is, Mm -hmm. is teaching them or, you know, what's coming out of them. Right. So don't get lost in the politics. Try to stay above it. If you can, right. Be Christ-like, speak the truth of God's word into all those situations. And just remember that the politics are a symptom. So, uh, we will do our best to remember that as well. Yeah, we'll be talking Don't about Don't believe that it's going to be easy. Um, I'm sure we'll do our fair share of political talk in 2024, but um, we want to have that mindset. So 
in the vein of re-evangelizing the church. For our recommended listening today, I think we've even recommended this recently, but I just couldn't think of a better clip or a better sermon to hear than Paul Washer's sort of shocking message from like 15 to 20 years ago, because he basically speaks exactly that. Hey, I know all you kids are here at a Christian camp, but you need to examine your own hearts because, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that you've been taught that you're listening to here, it's not real. Like it's phony Christianity. You need to get serious. Um, and it's just so good to hear from Paul Washer. Cause I think he's even at this, like coming off the mission field mm. where he's like talking to real Christians, like that are about to die for their faith, mm. you know? So I think it's just a good message. If you've never heard it, do yourself the favor of listening. If you haven't heard it in a while, listen to it, send it to somebody. It's such a powerful message in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that is our recommended listening. Um, we'll be back again next Saturday, looking at the news of the week again to kick off the new year. And we're ending our Dietrich Bonhoeffer Advent devotionals uh, December 31st. And starting January 1st, we're going to be doing our family devotionals every Sunday, kind of getting back to the basics with the book of Genesis, starting in Genesis 1. And Lord willing, for the next five years or however long the Lord allows us to do this podcast, we're going to be walking through the Torah as best we can with, you know, a few small breaks in there for different devotionals and things like that. Uh, Maybe even taking a break to catch our breath, if you will. Maybe even take a vacation or something. Who knows? But uh, that's going to be our kind of five-year long-term goal, if you will. So hope you guys come join us on Sundays. But otherwise, that's all we have. Have a safe new year. God bless. Mm -hmm.